and start small. Like, don't be afraid to start small. It, it doesn't have to be like this part-time, full-time mm. person that's in your business. Start small so that you can build out that little ecosystem on the back end. Hello, 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 everyone. I hope you are well today. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for tuning in as always. Today, I have the absolute pleasure of speaking to Ariana. Ariana is an online business manager and delegation consultant, helping service providers and course creators turn their businesses on autopilot with strategic delegating and smart systems. She's the founder of Scale and Simplify and has been working with online businesses for over five years, leading teams, managing launches and building funnels for six-figure course creators. Ariana, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I am too. I think this is a great uh, a great uh, discussion that we're going to have, and I think we're going to give a lot of value to a lot of people. Um, so let's speak about, um, we mentioned that you're a delegation consultant. Let's speak about delegating. Um, I was one of those people that, at the very beginning, I really struggled to delegate, but now I have to admit think it might be one of my favorite things in the whole world to delegate things but I know a lot of people struggle with delegation so let's start with you know how do you even begin to sort of figure out what to delegate how to delegate and how delegation actually works in practice Mm -hmm, for sure yeah I love love talking about this stuff and I I sort of I'm in the school of thought where I think you should you know, start before you're ready. Like everybody mm. says this about everything. And I think it's true when it comes to delegating as well. It's a little bit different because there is another like human that you have to think mm. about. So you can't just kind of jump in completely blindly. But I think it's really important to start because once you, like you said, it's one of your favorite things now, like it gets almost addicting. Like once yeah. you get the hang of it and once you kind of put yourself into that CEO position, um, mm-hmm. then like things start taking off. So yeah. I think to start with, I always, you know, I always have people do a time and task audit, essentially, where you're really looking at very specifically what it is that you're spending your time on, because we might think we know, but we don't. (laughs) So um, just in a really practical sense, I get people to either use like Toggle or Clockify, Mm -hmm. they're two time trackers. And for a week, just track your time. It might feel like this really tedious, annoying thing. I know a lot of people are like, nope, (laughs) I'm not doing it. Um, But the value that you're going to have from that information where like you have it sort of in black and white, what you're actually spending your time on is going to be amazing. So from there, you want to kind of see, you know, you want to gauge. I know in your I was listening to a recent podcast that you were talking Mm -hmm. about how to decide and kind of factoring in profit creating tasks. Um, And, you know, you want to have that list. And then from there, you can make smart decisions about like, you know, what's a really big time suck that I don't need to be doing or don't want to be doing or what am I not very great at doing? And if I brought in somebody else, it could result um, in greater revenue or whatever it might be. So that's always kind of like that first core step. Yeah, and I suspect this is the step actually that you po- possibly even get the most pushback on because people don't like tracking their time and they think, 
oh, I know what I do with my time. It's fine. But actually, when you do use one of these um, time uh, time tracking apps, we we everyone in my business tra- tracks our time. So we all track our time. Um because sometimes you get a bit of a shock, actually, at how much time you do spend doing something, which you think might only be take you five or 10 minutes a day, but it turns out it takes you 45 minutes a day, yeah. but you just hadn't really paid attention to that. And actually, over a week, that adds up over a month, that adds up. Yeah, exactly. The the adding up, I have this like spreadsheet that I use with clients where mm-hmm. it that's what it does, like, you know, if it's weekly or monthly that you do it or daily. And when you see that total, it's like, okay, like what else could I be doing with an extra like 50 hours a month Mm -hmm. rather than some of like the admin things. Um, I had somebody where we did this and it turned out that she was spending almost like two hours a day on customer service emails. Um, And it wasn't even, it came to it that it wasn't like the volume of emails, but it was more so that, it was taking her a long time to respond because there wasn't like a system in place of mm-hmm. you know, standard responses and also like second guessing and overthinking responses. Yes. And so we got her a customer service rep. And now like it takes that person less than like mm-hmm. she was spending 10 hours a week and it takes this person less than 10 hours a month to yeah. do the same thing very effectively. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But like she was able to remove herself from that. And like, that's a huge opening up of your time. Like it's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, I, I think that's really important for people to realize is when you do start delegating, if you're delegating stuff that you're not perhaps amazing at to somebody who is even just really good at it, Mm-hmm. You do actually, it's a, it's a win in terms of time because you freed up tons of your time, but you have to probably pay for less of their time than you freed up of your own as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, like starting there and just making sure that before you bring somebody on, I would say like, you know, make sure that you have some systems in place. And even that, like people, I know people cringe, get a lot of pushback on a lot of things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess people really want the end result. They really want someone else doing this stuff. But actually, the process to get there can be can be challenging. Yeah, um, but it doesn't have to be like as daunting as you might think or as time consuming, because, you know, like creating a system around something. um, If you can just get yourself to sit down for like an hour, you can probably do it, um, depending on what it is. But oftentimes, you know, that's the case. And I, you know, Oftentimes what I do personally is I like using Loom, like the screen recorder. Um, And so, you know, next time you do that task that you've decided that you want to delegate, record yourself doing it, talk through it. And Loom even has like, um, it does a transcript of it. So you can like copy paste that into a document and you basically have an SOP that needs very little tweaking before you hand it off to someone like knowing that they're going to know exactly what they need to do. Yeah, that's exactly how we do SOPs. That's exactly what I do. I um, anything new that I'm doing, I just record that I'm doing it, and we upload it onto. Um, we have a shared Google Drive which has all our SOPs yeah. in, and it's all there. Yeah, and I bet that saves you a lot of he- time and headache, right? Huge it just doesn't like, function without that. Huge amounts, yeah. Yeah, um, I don't know. I think when it comes to delegating, a lot of it is like a- addressing the the mindset issue and like the core of it, because people, like you said, like they want that end result, but you still have to take the steps to, to get there. And so is it, 
you know, like identifying what the issue is that's stopping you from it. So is it that your systems are a mess or like things are chaotic and you need to kind of do a little bit of work there first? Um, is it that you have to get clear on what it is that you need to delegate? Or is it like a mindset issue that you kind of have to work through and ask mm -hmm. yourself why you believe that you can't afford to delegate or um, don't want to work with people, don't want to manage people or what, yeah. whatever the block might be. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So we've got our time mapped out and we've got at least the beginnings of some kind of systems worked up. We've recorded our screens of the tasks that we want to get rid of. What next? Um, so from there, you want to get clear on who you want to hire. Um, and, you know, oftentimes what happens is people will have their task list and they'll post like a job ad or post in a Facebook group um, looking for a virtual assistant. This was I started in, in the online space. I started just freelancing as a VA mm -hmm. initially. Um, yeah. And that was the case. It was like people came to me. I would ask them what they need and why they were hiring me or why they were wanting to hire me. And their answer would be like, oh, my friend said I need a VA. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. No. <laughs> let's just step back for a minute. Yeah, let's reverse. Um, <laughs> a couple of steps here. Yeah, we've got some missing pieces here. So mm -hmm. just getting really clear on, like, great, you've got a task list that that person can do. But then also, what kind of attitudes do you want mm -hmm. them to have to make sure that they fit into the team? Um, what kind of values, even little details, like where are they in the world in an ideal, ideal scenario? Where are they? What are their work hours? When do you need them to be available? Um, and like, what are their strengths? And what are their weaknesses? And how do that, does that like complement you and your work style? Um, because and then like from there, that's where you want to that's the next step is writing that job posting and sort of job description, but getting really specific and not being afraid to like deter people. Mm -hmm. you know? yes. um, I love like when I see the ones that basically they they read like a sales page almost where they're very clear on like who we want and who we do not want. Mm -hmm. um, because it might be tempting. I've done this. I've like, you know, hired in a panic where I'm like, I need somebody yesterday <laughs> and like yeah. we've all done it. Um, but what happens is you end up wasting your time and your money um, ultimately. Yeah. So if you can kind of like slow down, get really clear on who you need, just like we, like we sit down and we outline our ideal client avatars, right? Mm. Like that's like the first thing everybody tells you to do. It should be yeah. the same for your team members. Like you need to be really, really crystal clear on um, who you want in there. Yeah, and I think it can be scary that because, um, you know, if you have a very precise job spec, you will get fewer applicants. You just will. Whereas if you have a very general one, you'll get bombarded with CVs. And it can kind of feel good to get bombarded with C CVs in some way because you think, oh, lots of people want to work for me. This is great. I've got all this choice. But actually, You've got all this choice from people who are not your ideal candidate. So, you know, in the same way that, like you mentioned, with avatars for our business, we narrow down, we have less people come to us, but actually they're, they're much closer to our ideal person. That is the better position to be in rather than being bombarded with a ton of um, prospective employees or freelancers or clients, if you're looking at it from that side, that actually are not going to turn into anything anyway. 
Yeah, exactly. And then also making your just like it helps you if you're really clear on that up front, then you can kind of check in with yourself and make sure that you're not making a decision out of desperation. Like, okay, you've got 50 candidates and you're going to pick one. Um, but does that actually match with what you outlined needing and wanting in your business? Um, yeah. So it helps kind of that, give you that check-in point. Yeah, definitely. And then, um, you know, obviously the last step is like actually, you know, either doing consult calls or interviews, however you're going to structure it and um, selecting somebody. <laughs> and I would say with that, you know, sometimes I've heard people, you know, when they're they're doing consult calls with contractors they're afraid to treat it like an interview because the, the contractor is going to be sort of leading that conversation. And that's fine. Like we can be respectful of their packages and the way that they work. Yes. Um, but you can definitely come prepared with specific questions that you ask each person. Like my background is in HR and it's like mm -hmm. in HR, you have to have the same questions for every person because you have to compare sort of apples to mm -hmm. apples. Um, so don't be afraid to, you know, treat it as an interview in some sense and then again like compare their answers to what you actually outlined for yourself um, yeah and even like you know sometimes when when I do this with clients we we ask people to do things like send in a video for example mm -hmm. this is one thing that it it always blows my mind how few people actually do it so we'll yeah. say send us a video three reasons why you you want to work with us in this role. Um, and there is a very small portion of people that actually do that. And if that's for whatever reason, it's important for you and for the role for them to be able to do that. That's mm -hmm. like such an easy way to weed out people who are not just not going to be the right fit for that. Yeah, we do something very similar. I've, I've tried a, a various options on that. I've even tried, um, you know, when you're sending in me your CV, please put, and then I put like a random word in the subject line. So please put, you know, lion in the subject line. Yeah. And that way you can really easily filter out people who don't have attention to detail and are not willing to follow instruction. And if those two things are important in the role that you're giving them, then you've got a, you've got a first cut of those CVs already. Yeah, exactly. I use purple unicorn. Like okay, right. Yes. <laughs> Similar. <laughs> Similar thing. Yeah, totally. And it's it's always like you wanna reverse engineer it like with, with everything. So you have your requirements and then how are you gonna kind of test for that throughout the application process? Like be really in intentional about it. Yeah. What do you what's your stance on giving um people kind of test projects and those kinds of things or you know um like uh, little bits of a project to do as part of the interview process and as part of the hiring process yeah um I like to do those it depends on the role like where it yeah. makes sense to do it um but I've definitely done that several times before and you know it can be something as small as like you know once we were hiring for a Pinterest manager and this mm -hmm. was just in the actual application where we asked people to create a pin graphic that was aligned with with the branding. Um, yeah. And that's kind of like a small thing that you wouldn't pay somebody for. It's kind of within the application process. Um, and that just like the video, like there are very clear differences and people stand out very easily. It's very different from just like asking questions and having verbal answers written down. Yeah. Um, and, but yeah, definitely. Like if you need to weed 
if you kind of narrow it down to like five people, um, even three people, and you want to just make sure that I think it really helps prevent kind of hiring someone and then needing to hire again in like a month. Um, yes. So a nice way, an easy way that I've found to do it is like pick one sort of either project or smaller task mm-hmm. or even three different but similar things that you actually need done and then pay the three people like a flat rate that you both agree on and are okay with um, to do that over the course of a week and just be really upfront and clear with them that that is what you're doing and that you're yeah. going to revisit it at the end of the week. Yeah, excellent. So we've got our person, we've chosen who they are. What happens next? I think that's the scary bit for a lot of people. You go, oh, okay, now I've got this human that I need to occupy their time because I'm going to be paying them. Ooh, eek. Yeah, right. Uh, definitely. And I've been on the other end of that as well. Yes, <laughs> so I, know, I know what it's like on both sides. Mm. Um, not, that's what I would say where like the foundational pieces of having your systems in place mm. beforehand is really, really important because you don't want to like there's definitely things that people can do on their own initiative. Like if things are you know, you don't have to like clean up your documents before you hire a VA because that Mm. can be their first project, but you have to be clear that that's going to be their first project. Yeah. Um, So I would say like have an idea, not an idea, have an actual explicit list of things Mm. that you're going to want them to do in like the first month um, and then keep, keep doing that. Um, And if you're in, if you've been intentional of like, okay, I'm delegating my social media, then that will be that much easier and check in, in with them too. Like I like to ask um, every now and again, my team members, like, have you been doing any training or education in the last few months? Because sometimes they go and they learn things that I have no idea that they've now learned to do. Yeah. And, and that gives you ideas because then you're like, okay, cool. Like I can hand this off to somebody who's already on my team familiar with my work style and all of that. Um, yeah. And then I would say the other big piece is having a system like some sort of project management and task management system mm-hmm. where you're going to put them into. So it's really important to upfront be clear on like how you're going to communicate with each other, how often you're going to communicate with each other, when to like not expect answers <laughs> um, on both ends, and then also how the tasks are going to be managed. So. Yeah. I mean, I use ClickUp, I've used Asana before, Mm. and it just makes it a lot easier. Um, Trello, if we're talking systems, I would say isn't great if you're managing a team, Mm -hmm. um, because it's much harder to kind of assign different things to people in a a really clear way. But, you know, jump into Asana is a little bit, I would say, easier than ClickFunnels to Mm -hmm. jump into if you haven't used something before. and start using using that to communicate and share tasks and make sure that they have all of the information that that they need to actually do the task successfully. Yeah. So I know that a lot of people with their particularly with their very first hire um, are often looking for that unicorn person, that person who can do a little bit of everything. And you know, in some ways, I think as business owners, we think, well, we can do all these things, all these, all these different things. We can do the customer service stuff and we can do the social media stuff and we can do the operation stuff and we can do the finance stuff and we can do all the things. Therefore, surely we can find a helper person that can also do some of all the things that we have because we can do all the things. 
is that person does that person exist are you better <laughs> to hire more more people for much less hours and much less time who are specialized in certain areas or is the unicorn person possible um Great question. So yes, I definitely um, see this all the time as well. So sometimes it is. I mean, honestly, I've I've seen it in rare cases. You can definitely find the unicorn to a certain point. And mm-hmm. So I mean, you might find somebody who can do a little bit of like tech VA stuff and then some social media management stuff, um, but they might not be a pro at social media. strategy right so it depends what you're looking for but I would definitely err on the side of looking for people in specialized areas Mm. um and that's also a a fine balance between like you don't really want 10 contractors that are doing like two hours a week right so you don't want to because that becomes hard to manage as well if you have all those people and you're the only one managing them yeah exactly so there is a lot of overlap in like sort of roles in the online space and I would say initial piece where you're really clear on the tasks and you've kind of categorized them into and you're going to hire somebody you can think of it as like okay these are the must-haves for this particular role and these are the nice-to-haves so like if this portion of these other tasks great if not once they're settled in we can move on and hire somebody who does specialize in those areas Um, I find that oftentimes kind of like general VAs, for example, um, they'll be able to do a variety of different things um, Mm -hmm. up to the point that like you need somebody who's really like a strategist and like uh, really specializes in some of those areas. Yeah, great. And so we've spoken about a little bit about kind of good delegation and what good delegation looks like. What does bad delegation look like? What does it look like when you get it wrong? (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've um, got it wrong a lot, by the way. So I could probably also speak on it. But what does it look like when you when you get it wrong? Yeah, so I would say one mistake that I see is, and I've, I've obviously, I think we've all made all of these mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, one is not providing enough information and clarity on like what is the actual outcome. So you know, we like you said, we do all these different things. We kind of assume there's lots of other people who do all the yeah. different things as well. Um, we also assume that people can read our minds. And yes. like, I mean, I don't know why they haven't invented that yet, honestly. Yeah, I exactly. feel like surely my VA should be, be able to read my mind. Yeah, it would be so much easier. So um, we just have to, you know, I like to kind of sit down and always think of, okay, what does this person need to be successful at doing this thing? So what information do they need and what do they need to understand about the outcome? So always share like the big picture because that helps people get the context behind it versus like getting a random small task that you can't really like you as the delegator, you can connect the dots and know how that's important and why and how it's a part of the bigger picture. Um, But you need to make sure that your team members understand that as well, even if they're just doing like small bits and pieces of it here and there. Mm -hmm. So I would say that's one of one of the biggest things. And then just, you know, open, honest communication, like when there's an issue, discuss it. Um, Be, um, you know, open and kind about it, but discuss it because that helps both of you in many ways. Yeah, I think where I got in the biggest pickle 
previously with delegation was actually not having those screen recordings set up and those kinds of things. So I would tell someone to do a task, kind of just assuming that they would roughly know how to do it. Which of course, how would they? But part of me was like, well, they've been a, you know, they've been a VA for a few years, or they've done social media management before. They'll know how to do this thing. Um, but me not being clear about how I would like the thing done, or how I think it should be done, or how I expect it to be done, and when it's expected to be done by, and what software we use to do the thing that I'm asking them to do, and just being very vague and fluffy, and just trying to basically trying to dump my to-do list on someone else. I think that's ultimately where I've gone wrong in the past is basically saying, I've got all these things. I am now going to basically write down all these things that you have to do, just do them. Uh, I'm now busy doing lots of other things that I also have on my list. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where I've got really unstuck before is, or really stuck rather before is just dumping stuff on someone and expecting them to read my mind and expecting them to know how to to do things that I should have no expectation around. Yeah, totally. Um, and I think one way to kind of like when you start working with somebody and you start delegating, there's clues as to what mistakes you're making as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, if things are coming back and not meeting your expectations. Yes, you may have made the wrong hire, but before you jump to that conclusion, you want to kind of turn it around and see, okay, what am I or am I not doing myself personally that has created this result? Yeah, I think that's a great point. I I try now and be really careful with that. If something comes back to me that is not how I expected instead of, you know, getting annoyed at the person, I do ask myself okay what didn't what didn't I communicate here what did Mm -hmm. I miss because then at least you can learn from next time you know how to structure the instruction or how to communicate what actually is needed rather than the 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 bits that you you know understand which bits you missed out basically Mm -hmm. exactly and I also think that that's why it's important to like be not just intentional when you're hiring like kind of think you know a few months out instead of mm. you know hiring somebody you needed three weeks ago um but you know what happens is like we get into the state of overwhelm where your task list is like a million items long and you just want it to stop like yes. you just want to like get everything off of your plate and you want the overwhelm to be gone yes. and that's when we get into that situation because then we're like okay I just want the unicorn who can mm-hmm. magically do it all, who can just come in and like relieve the pain that I'm going through right now. So yeah, and I think that's also where you actually then skip stages of the hiring process just to get someone yeah. because you needed them three weeks ago. And therefore you in that situation, more often than not end up having the wrong person in there as well at the same time. Yeah, which just perpetuates the the cycle. Exactly, because then you've got somebody who is not doing this stuff, it comes back to you, you have to do more of it. And then you end up firing the person and having to hire again. And you just end up in this kind of this spiral of hiring and firing and getting annoyed with people when actually, we need to kind of look at ourselves in the mirror a little bit with that. And, a little uh, bit, yeah. And and start small, like, don't be afraid to start small. It, it doesn't have to be like this part time, full time mm-hmm. person that's in your business. Start small so that you can build out that little ecosystem on the back end. 
Yeah, I think that's really important, actually, because a lot of people do wait until their overwhelm is so big that they literally need to hand off, you know, two days a week to somebody else or three days a week to somebody else because they are working seven days a week. Whereas actually, if we get used to the process of delegating and maybe we're handing off two hours a week to someone else because that's how, you know, our business can afford that and it can cope with that and we can manage with that, then actually we get used to what it's like to delegate and we can, you know, utilize someone else to help us grow into more hours for more people, more support, more help. Yeah, exactly. It just, it makes it a lot easier. And you're getting the practice, like you're, you know, because we're always going to be making the mistakes. Yeah. Um, and so it's like the sooner you start, the the more practice and more, more mistakes you're going to be making. And as you, you know, as your business grows, then you can effectively grow your team to support that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, if you are using contractors and things, they've probably seen some of the mistakes before themselves. So you don't need to be embarrassed about that or worry about those because actually they probably experienced it themselves too. Yeah. And I think oftentimes too, because of that, like they're also, if you're hiring good people, they're going to be there to guide you through that yeah. and say, okay, like maybe we can do it this way and make suggestions as to how you can move forward. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I love it. Ariana, I love this discussion because like I said, I love delegating. <laughs> I, really I sometimes wish there was way more things I could delegate in not only my business, but in my life. If someone could go to the gym for me. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> and unfortunately not worked out a method for that one yet, but I, uh, but I do very much love it. And I, and, um, you know, like we said, I, I highly recommend our listeners and watchers too, if you have not started delegating in your business yet, to start small. You know, it might only be that someone that you need for one or two hours a week. You know, go through your numbers and, and look at your finances and say, can I afford somebody two hours a week? Does that fit in to my plan? And, um, and you know, utilize them to help you achieve what you want to achieve in your business. Um, Ariana, thank you so much for our chat today. I've thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. And I'm sure our listeners and watchers will have done as well. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find out more about you, where you hang out online and all that good stuff. Sure. Um, so one is my website, which is scaleandsimplify.com. Um, and then mostly I'm on Instagram, which is also the same. So it's at scaleandsimplify amazing okay. we'll also put the links in the show notes for those that are listening on the podcast so that, that you can click through and uh connect as well but uh once again thank you so much for joining us thank you all to my listeners and watchers i know that your time is incredibly precious so thank you for spending some of it with us today and i will speak to you all soon take care everyone thank you bye Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you got lots of value from this episode. Now, if you're struggling with any accounting things for your business, I'd love to help. Make sure you reach out to me at podcast at annetteandco.co.uk. That's podcast at annetteandco.co.uk and let me know how I can help. Of course, remember to subscribe to this podcast as well. Thanks again.